Welcome to another edition of Out of the Box Sunday School. I'm your host, Takia Evans. Thanks for taking the time to listen in today. Our lesson is entitled Wisdom's Vindication. The Bible background is from Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. The printed text in the lesson is Matthew chapter 11, 7 through 19. People often label unusual or unexpected behavior as eccentric, foolish, or even wrong. And the people who act in such unusual ways are criticized. What should our assessment be when someone's behavior is unexpected? In Matthew, Jesus says his behavior and John's, while unusual in their day, will eventually be proven wise by their subsequent deeds. I want to start with some background information before we get into the lesson. The events discussed in this week's lesson took place during the second year of Jesus' public ministry. He had previously selected the 12 and sent them out to minister in his name. After giving them the instructions they needed, the Savior departed and continued his itinerant teaching and preaching ministry in the neighboring cities of Galilee. The Jewish leaders were jealous and fearful of Jesus' increasing popularity. At this time, John the Baptist was in prison, and while in prison, reports of Jesus' activities began to reach him. John the Baptist began to doubt whether Jesus might really be the anointed one. Therefore, he sent a message to Jesus by two of his disciples. John asked whether Jesus was truly the promised Messiah or were they to look for someone else. Before Jesus answered their question, he turned his attention to the crowd and performed a series of miracles. Then Jesus instructed John's followers to report back to him what they had seen and heard. If John the Baptist had any doubts concerning the the identity of Jesus, those doubts would be removed when he heard the Savior's response to his question. John would recognize Jesus' allusion to Isaiah chapter 35, 5 through 6. And that passage foretold the activities of the promised Messiah perfectly that fit Jesus' ministry. And this is where our lesson begins in Matthew chapter 11 starting with verse 7 through 11. As Jesus' followers were away, Jesus spoke to the crowds about John. What sort of person did you go out into the desert to see? Was he like tall grass blown about by the wind? What kind of man did you go out to see? Was he someone dressed in fine clothes? People who dress like that live in the king's palace. What did you really go out to see? Was he a prophet? He certainly was. I tell you that he was more than a prophet. In the scriptures, God says about him, I am sending my messenger ahead to get things ready for you. I tell you, no one ever born on this earth is greater than John the Baptist, but whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. So after telling John's messengers what to tell John when they reported back to him, Jesus began to ask the crowd some probing questions. And those questions are related are right there in verse seven. What sort of person did you go out into the desert to see? Was he like tall grass blown about by the wind? Jesus was asking whether they had thought they would find a weak, willing individual 
one easily swayed by fickle opinion, public opinion. Jesus's point was that John was not a moral weakling, uh, easily blown about by public opinion or human authority. If the people were not expecting to see someone who had who could easily be swayed or bent by opinion, Jesus then asked, what kind of man did you go out to see? Was he someone dressed in fine clothes? We have to ask, did the crowds go out to the wilderness of the Jordan River Valley to find a man splendidly dressed in elegant silks and satins? If they did, they were looking in the wrong place. The obvious truth was that such finely clothed men are found in kings' houses or palaces, not in the wilderness. John was no pampered prince. He was a self-denying man. So Jesus was asking the crowd, was John a man in fine linen? They went to see someone who had his clothing made of a camel's hair and a leather strap around his waist. His manner and his clothing showed that he had denied the pleasure of the world. His clothing also agreed with the wilderness where he lived and the doctrine of repentance that he preached there. And again, Jesus posed more questions to the crowd there in verse nine. What did you really go out to see? Was he a prophet? If the crowds went out to see a prophet, they were on the right track because John was indeed an official spokesman for God. The Lord had given him a message to declare, and he was not afraid to claim it. Jesus went on to declare that John was more than simply God's spokesman. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. He had blazed the trail to salvation by announcing the coming of the Savior. John prepared the hearts of the people for the coming of the promised, uh, the prophesied Messiah. John was greater than all other prophets in that most clearly and immediately pointed to the king, the coming king. John the Baptist was the one prophesied to be the forerunner of the Messiah. And for Jesus said, for this is he of whom it is written. Then Jesus quoted what was written actually in Malachi chapter three about John. I am sending my messenger ahead to get things ready for you. And now Jesus was saying it about him, intending not only to give honor to John's ministry, but also to keep the people's mind on the fact that he was making the way for the Messiah. So starting in verse 11, in Jesus' own, is Jesus' own evaluation of John. John was the greatest of prophets. Jesus called John the greatest of all men who were born before him, even above Moses himself. This is because John began to preach the gospel of the remission of sins to those who truly repent. And he had revelations from heaven, unlike any of them had, for he saw heaven opened and the Holy Ghost descended like a dove and lightning above, beyond, upon, uh, upon Jesus. And that's in Matthew's chapter three, verse 16. Jesus then says something unexpected. Whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Jesus most likely is referring to all church age saints, including apostles, ministers, and prophets. They are not greater than John with respect to their personal sanctity, but to their office. John preached Christ's coming, but church age saints preached not only the coming of Christ, but also that he was crucified and glorified. 
See, John the Baptist came at the dawning of the gospel and was therefore greater than all the earlier prophets before him. But John was taken off the scene before the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, before Christ's death and resurrection, and before the pouring out of the Spirit. Therefore, the least of the apostles and prophets and all saints in the church age who had these things about Christ revealed to them and explained the spread of the gospel was greater than John. Then we moved into uh, verse 12 through 19. From the time of John the Baptist until now, violent people have been trying to take over the kingdom of heaven by force. All the books of the prophets and the law of Moses told what was going to happen up to the time of John. And if you believe them, John is Elijah, the prophet you are waiting for. If you have ears, pay attention. You people are like children sitting in the market and shouting to each other. We played the flute, but you would not dance. We sang a song, a funeral song, but you would not mourn. John the Baptist did not go around eating and drinking. And you said, that man has a demon in him. But the son of man goes around eating and drinking. And you say, that man eats and drinks too much. He is even a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is shown to be right by what it does. In verse 12, Jesus was saying that since the time that John the Baptist began his ministry up until now, meaning during Jesus' ministry, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence or had subject to been subject to violence. The kingdom of heaven is pressing ahead with force or eagerness, although violent men such as Herod, who had imprisoned John the Baptist, was trying to overcome it by force. It's not the strong and forceful who obtain the kingdom of heaven, but the weak and helpless who know their own weaknesses and are ready to depend on God. The kingdom of heaven is to be understood as the kingdom of grace. The gospel age is the perfection of its power and purity. Jesus went on to explain more fully the relationship of John the Baptist to the prophetic revelation concerning the kingdom of the Messiah. All the Mosaic laws and the prophets in their their prophecies continued until John appeared on the scene announcing the coming Messiah. For a long time, the law and the prophets continued in full force, but then began to decline. The law and the prophets and the Jews, Jewish Jew and the Jews' way of describing God's word until the New Testament was completed. Although the obligations demanded by the law of Moses were not removed until Christ's death, the revelations of the Old Testament began to be fulfilled by the clear declaration of John that the kingdom of heaven is, is at hand. And in verse 14, Jesus was saying to the multitude that if they would believe what the law and the prophets said, then they would also believe that John the Baptist is Elijah the prophet you're waiting for or who was prophesied. If we look at John the Baptist himself, this was his own um, self-understanding. He dressed like the first Elijah. He relentlessly and fiercely represented the truth just as the first Elijah did. And he defended the truth just as the first Elijah did. Yet he was neither a reincarnated Elijah nor a return from heaven of the first Elijah. Rather, John came in the spirit and the power of the first with the first and the power of the first Elijah. 
He called people to repentance and obedience just as the first Elijah did. And this unmistakably was the uh, fulfillment of the last Old Testament prophecy. Jesus followed up in verse 15 with one of his favorite sayings. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. While all of us have ears and should be able to hear, many who are not impaired still do not hear. Some people listen, but they do not truly hear. They are preoccupied with their own thoughts or with what they want to say next so that they do not hear what is said. Others hear and understand what is said, but they do nothing. They they don't do what is right. They want to do their own thing. Jesus has been praising John the Baptist and his ministry, but in verse 16, Jesus suddenly gives a mild rebuke to those who refuse to receive John as the messenger of the Messiah, as well as Jesus, who was the Messiah himself. When Jesus mentions this generation, if you're reading from the King James Version, it says this generation, he was referring to those Jews living in Israel at that time. However, in some cases, when he used the words this generation, he was referring to those who rejected him and his message. Jesus then gives a parable comparing stubborn Israel to children sitting in the markets and shouting to each other. Jesus continues his parable comparing what those children will do to the present generation of Israelites. In fun, they were imitating or mocking what adults did at weddings and funerals. The children who called out to the other children claimed that when they played music, the others were not dancing. And when they pretended to mourn, the others didn't pretend to lament or mourn with them. The point of Jesus' parable is that the children who wouldn't join in with the others were not impressed even to play along. Likewise, neither did the ministry of John the Baptist nor Jesus Christ impress that generation of Israelites. The Israelites rejected John the Baptist, who came as a recluse living in the wilderness, preaching repentance and without social interactions. And since John didn't sit and eat and drink wine with fellow Jews, the people declared that he had a demon inside of him. What the people didn't realize was that John was a Nazarite who, according to the Nazarite vow, was limited to what he could eat or drink. One would think one would think that the people would be impressed by a person who took such a vow and would agree with the doctrine he preached. Such a person is most likely to do what's right and his behavior would go along with his message. But that was not the case here. The people were not impressed by John's Nazarite vow and assumed that his refusal to eat certain foods and drink and drink wine meant that a devil was inside of him. Just like the children in Jesus' parable, John refused to do what everybody else was doing and was was considered to be evil and not worth hearing. Unfortunately, the same thing holds true today. In the final verse, unlike John, Jesus said, "The the son of man came eating and drinking like many of the Jews. Jesus spoke with all kinds of people and didn't put forth any particular strictness. He was easily accessible. He did not avoid any particular company. He was often at feasts, both with Pharisees and tax collectors, as if this would win those who were not impressed by John's behavior. Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God, is justified or proven right and vindicated by the deeds he performs in the lives of those who respond to him. 
The Old Testament prophecies proved to be accurate, but the people who were interpreting them often made tragic errors, just as we do sometimes. Their inability to be flexible would not allow them to correct their faulty expectations. Maybe you know someone who initially rejected another person due to a wrong perception of that person. But later, after discovering the misconceptions, they began they became true friends. The old saying that the first impression is a lasting one is often true. Unfortunately, the tragedy comes when a person's first impression of Jesus Christ is wrongly affected by preconceived ideas caused by the erroneous actions and behaviors of Christians. From this lesson, we need to realize that God uses various messengers to accomplish varied missions. It is not ours to question why, but rather to accept them all to fulfill God's purposes. This is Takiya Evans. Be blessed, take care of one another, and thanks for tuning in to Out of the Box Sunday School, and I'll talk to you next week. 